630 Chad presents the Elks this week. A close-up look at the Elks and the Canadian Football League. Every week, we take you inside the game from the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Here's Morley Scott. Good Saturday morning, football fans. We're going to get right into it on the Elks this week. This week, because uh, as I tape this, I'm sitting in what I think is the best office with the best view in all of Edmonton, uh, the office of Elks uh, President and CEO Victor Kui, uh, overlooking Commonwealth Stadium with those uh, floor-to-ceiling windows that uh, just let you see everything. Do you ever get tired of this view, my friend? Every time I come into this office, I feel like somebody is going to tell me, you don't belong in here because this office is too awesome. Like, it should be going to somebody else. But I also, you know, you hear me joke about it all the time. I think the board puts me here, so I look at every empty seat, and I'm reminded every day that my job is to fill them. <laughs> nice. All right. Uh, a year in the job. You've been in this office for a year, coming up on a year anyway. I think it is uh, at some point next week. Give me your initial reaction looking back at, at the last year and what it's been like for you? I think it, it's been, um, it has been a very joy, joyous year in terms of like being able to be around people that love the things that I love, love this football team, talking to fans that have been in it for years and they understand the emotional connection to the team. The, that I have, and it's always fun. To, that part I've really, really enjoyed, and I never get tired of it. I, I, I never get tired of talking to fans, telling me their journey from their grandparents to their parents, and, and I just think that that is amazing. Um, on the business side of it, it's been a really tough year, um, not only from our performance on the field, but uh, um, our revenue and the challenges that we've that we've faced, that all sports and, and all the teams in the league have faced of of coming out of post COVID, of declining ticket sales, and this is a challenge that deeply impacts our business and the future of, of, of our organization. So trying to figure that out. Um, so that part has been really uh, a stressful year. I think um, overall fans have interacted I think very positively with the with the organization and media has been positive and and have worked really well. It's been tough it has caught me by surprise once in a while when you get that anonymous person who's using a fake account that attacks you, you know, and you're just kind of, it's hard not to take it to heart, but then you look at them and you're like, oh, they've got three followers, okay, we can ignore ignore them, but it's still, it, you're like, oh, somebody took the time and is this mad, and it just makes me wonder, like, like why? Well, what else could we do to, to, to make that fan come back around? Because I, I look at it as if someone takes the time to be negative, that means they care. It's just a matter of like, what is it that we solve to bring them back as 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 a fan, if that's possible? Yeah, you talk about the fans. When when you came to this job, uh, it was already the GM and coach and Chris Jones was in place, uh, but it was an angry fan base at that point after the after the season before that, uh, after uh, 2020, I guess it was or 2021. Uh, it was an angry fan base. Have you have you started to win some people over? Do you think? Uh, have you have you felt a, a I don't know if softening is the right term in the in the fan base and the attitude toward the club right now? I think the anger that the fans feel is what I felt. It's legitimate and understand. You want the team to perform, so we have to do that. We didn't do 
that last year. If you'd asked me at this time last year, would we lose all 10 home games? I'd be like, no way. Like, it just doesn't even seem possible, but that's what happened. So I understand the fans' frustrations, and I think that's legitimate. What we have to do at the start of the year, I think, for the fans, is look at two things. One is let them understand the process that we're on as a football journey and a football team to improve. What is it, what's our football operations and Coach Jones' plan to turn the ship around? I believe he's the right person. I believe he's got the right leadership team around him to do that. And he's, we've we spent 2022 changing and figuring out all the pieces. And this year is about building on what we have from, from last year. So there's, there's that. I think the second part for fans is how do you, we let fans know that we think of them fans first. Are we listening to fans? Are we making the changes that we need to make for them? You know, that that um, shows them shows them that we care about their feedback and trying to improve. So let's go to how do you do that? Um, you had you came in kind of halfway through the offseason last year. Obviously, your approach this year is is uh, going to be a, a lot different from it was last year. Tell me about moving forward this offseason compared to last year. I think uh, in this offseason, it really has allowed me to look at planning for the entire year in totality, whereas last year a lot of things were already baked in. So we're talking about some really, I'd say, what seem very basic things, but we're, are so fundamental that will set us up for success for 2023. And they, that being, we took our uh, 2023 calendar and we looked at it and we said, what is every single public-facing event that we have that we schedule from our women's dinner to our annual dinner to fan day etc etc every single one of them it's, it's a it's a big list and on top of that what is our theme for every home game we've been working on all of that and lined up every single date we're almost there so that we can now present to the city and to our fan base, this is what we've got lined up for the entire year. And now that's great, because now it gives us a vision for the year and allows us to share that, but it also has all of us finally working in sync. And to get that requires a lot of planning, because we want to you know, make sure that we're, we're getting the right events locked in, that it works with our travel schedule, works with the football team and, the, and availability, works with my availability, makes sense on the social calendar that we're not competing with a local festival or, well, that's difficult because there's a festival every week, but, you know, like not some other major holiday or something like that. So, are there a lot of changes? Is it going to look a lot different this year for, for the Elks fan as, as they come to games? I think the big change that fans are going to notice from our in-game experience and the atmosphere is a lot more inclusion of community-focused organizations. So we don't want to spend and bring in some random, I don't know, obscure hip-hop act um, in, in, in for the show. We want to showcase all the hard work that community organizations are doing from flag football teams to local community organizations, cultural, et cetera, et cetera. And so that's going to be a, a big part of the focus from the in-game side of, of, of stuff. For um, the rest of the year, outside of our home games, it's really about building this kind of calendar 
every month and every week that the community, the greater community in Edmonton can, can see and, and plan around. Talking with uh, Victor Kui on the Elks this week, the Elks president and CEO. we got lots more coming up. Aaron Grimes will uh, come back to once again uh, uh, handicap the NFL playoffs coming up this weekend. And we'll also hear the Elks news of the week as well. Uh, Victor, you were at the uh, CFL meetings last week. I think that's your first time at these meetings. Uh, second time, you did get to go last year. All right, tell me about them. Uh, what's the, your biggest takeaway from uh, what happened in Kananaskis? I think that over the year, I've seen significant growth about communication uh, and openness to new initiatives and planning from all the teams that are being driven by by the league. I think the meetings were great. It was it, when you put that much brain power, like uh, you know, I always I look at that and I think every major decision maker for the world of Canadian football is all together. Like, if we want to do something, we have the ability and the resources to make that change and do it. Um, last 2022 was a year of a lot of flux. And, uh, you know, starting from the beginning of the year where we had a pending strike. So there was, uh, it, there was, it was like almost crisis mode every single, every single week. This year, we're able to, again, look at it as, as a league and say, well, what do we want to accomplish in 2023? And what can we work together collaboratively on to, to make uh, a, an impact? We've come up with a couple of really amazing new initiatives that I, I, I wish I could announce now because they're so great, but I, this is the f one of the first times that every team got together and said, this is something we're going to work on together as a new initiative and launch it. It's going to be great for fans, great for community. It's scalable across the entire league, et cetera, et cetera. Now that, that's kind of the weird thing about pro sports, right? Uh, on the field of play or the ice or wherever, uh, you're enemies and you're trying to beat each other, but off the field, you got to work together. Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, both teams want to win, and you get together and, and you, you compete as fierce as you can, but once the whistle blows, the fact is it's we are invested in each other to make the league grow. And the challenge is that because there's three types of ownership in the league, you've got corporate, private, and then us, like community-owned team, it, it makes each one of our objectives and our goals slightly different and of what we are trying to achieve, but also the kind of resources and timing that we can make decisions to, to work. We're not, we're not necessarily opposed, but we're different corporate pressures in, in, in each organization. That's half of my conversation with Elks President and CEO Victor Kui, part two coming up next week on the Elks This Week. When we come back, the Elks News of the Week and Aaron Grimes to break down the divisional playoff games this weekend in the NFL. I'm Morley Scott. You're listening to the Elks This Week on 630 Chet. Football talk on the Elks this week. Here's Morley Scott on the voice of the Edmonton Elks, 630 Chad. Coming up, Elks defensive back Aaron Grimes and a look at the NFL divisional playoff round that starts later today. Right now, it's the Elks News of the Week. A slew of signings over the last 10 days or so for general manager Chris Jones. The Elks have got some key returning veterans under contract. It started back with defensive lineman and Elks defensive player of the year, Jake Ceresna. Then it went on to receiver Manny Arsenault, who returns for his second season in Edmonton, his 10th in the CFL. And there's no place he'd rather be. For me to play again, I wanted it to be only with the Edmonton Elks. Um, like I said, this is my 14th season. Um, due to a high ankle sprain, you know, 
play was limited last year and um, how I felt with that organization and seeing the direction it wants to go, knowing it has the potential, just a few pieces missing here and there. I was like, if I play again or just given the opportunity, I only wanted to be with Edmonton. Also back for his second season in green and gold is running back Ante Milanovic-Litre. He had no hesitation re-signing with a team that went 4-14 four and 14 last season. I believe in a lot of the things that we're doing. There was some moments of darkness, but I have a lot of faith in what we can do. Uh, yes, I've been part of uh, success, successful teams. I think that there's a real opportunity for this team. I think we're, we have a, a chance to really break the ranks next year. And I'm looking forward to, to going to war again with these these guys there's i know there's like, there's so many guys on this team that you just want to play for and it's really exciting the complete conversation dave campbell had with ante litre is available for you at the elks page at 630ched.com the elks defensive backfield looks strong and has a real veteran presence for next season already signed is lucius purifoy a cfl all-star who came over from the bc lions aaron grimes will be healthy after missing all of last year and on thursday the elks signed ed ganey to a one-year contract extension ganey had 47 tackles and an interception while starting all 18 games in 2022 the elks also came to terms on one-year contract extensions for a couple of canadians defensive back jamie harry and and receiver Danny Vandervoort. Week two of our NFL picks with uh, Elks defensive back Aaron Grimes now on the Elks this week. Uh, Aaron, you went three for six. I went four for six last week. Uh, the only game that we didn't pick the same was uh, the Jacksonville game against uh, 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 who are they playing? The Chargers. That's right. Jacksonville against the Chargers. And it looked like uh, you were getting it right for the first half and then the big comeback. That's one of the stories of last week. That comeback was incredible. Yeah, that was that was unreal. I was watching that actually uh, with my wife Hannah, and uh, she was rooting for Jacksonville. And I was like, "You're just doing that because you want to be different than me." But uh, she was right. So that one that one surprised me the most, honestly. All right, let's get to the picks for today. First two games go today. Uh, the early game has uh, Jacksonville at Kansas City. Um, Mahomes gets his first playoff game of the year as the Chiefs get back into the mix after the first round bye. What do you look at? Uh, my choice, obviously, there is going to be the Chiefs. Um, I'm not going against uh, Patrick Mahomes with a week off at home. They're playing the Jags. I know the Jags. Uh, you know they surprised me. They surprised me last week, but I, I think their luck runs out against the Chiefs. They had the big comeback. Uh, they get to the second round. That's probably their season and what they're going to build on moving forward. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Kansas City uh, to win that one, too. So, they both have the Chiefs. The late game tonight, Philadelphia is back in the mix in the NFC. They're hosting the New York Giants. Uh, a couple of young quarterbacks here that we talked about, Jalen Hurts and, and Daniel Jones. How are you seeing this one finishing? I see the Eagles coming out on top, especially with the healthy Jalen Hurts back in the mix. Um, I don't see the Giants pulling this one off, but I do have something to say about the Giants as we get to it later in the show. All right. I look forward to that. Uh, you still a bit of an Eagles fan. You spent, you spent a year there with them when, when you were in the NFL, you still kind of got a soft spot for the Eagles. I'm actually back on the Eagles, um, you know, wagon. I have been for the past couple of years now, obviously when I, when I was first released, I hated them. I was like, you guys made a terrible decision. And then they won the Super Bowl that year. So they must've made a good decision, <laughs> um, but they're fun to watch again. And, you know, uh, my daughter, she's a huge sports fan. She's like, I hate them. They fired you. 
And me and my wife always have to remind her, like, that's true, but they also are the only team to give me my childhood dream of playing in the NFL. So I definitely got a weak spot for them. All right. Uh, we're both picking the Eagles in that one as well. 14-3, uh, and three, well rested. As long as Hertz is okay. Uh, you know, he's, he's had some injury issues down the stretch. So if he's okay, I don't think there'll be any issue at all uh, for the Eagles. Tomorrow's games. Uh, this one was so good last year. Two really good teams. Uh, you throw in the DeMar Hamlin situation from, uh, from earlier in, in the month, and it creates a kind of a neat atmosphere and a neat story for the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. This uh, is a tough game to pick, I think. This one, both of these games are going to be tough to pick. Um, but just my gut tells me from watching Buffalo all season, they're a tough team to beat. Now, I know they got a little scary uh, last week, you know, with Miami, but I still believe Josh Allen and that, and that offense, you know, paired with that defense, um, the atmosphere there in Buffalo, that's, I think they're going to be a hard team to beat at home. I, I want to take Cincinnati, uh, but yeah. uh, for some reason, I just can't see, I just can't see them winning in Buffalo. Uh, if the game was in Cincinnati, I think it's, it's the Bengals who would win it. So I'm going home field and uh, I will join you. Uh, we're kind of boring. We're picking the same teams all the time, but. Uh, this next one's going to get interesting though. Yeah. The next one's going to get one. very interesting. Uh, the late game on Sunday, tomorrow, uh, 12 and five Dallas at 13 and four San Francisco. Uh, Brock Purdy's been spectacular. Uh, the the 49ers have won what 10 in a row 11 in a row uh, mm -hmm. the Cowboys looked pretty good last week Prescott was spectacular last week yeah. and and really he made Tom Brady's game look worse than it was I think uh, because he played so well this is a this is a tough game to pick in San Francisco tomorrow afternoon this is a tough game to pick um, because like you said last week the Cowboys looked way better than I believe anybody thought they were going to look right and then you look at the Niners and that Brock Purdy and you're like, ah, yeah, but how much can you really do? But he's, in my opinion, he's playing with a damn good defense, right? And uh, they say defense wins championships and, you know, a good defense is, can, can make any quarterback, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable. So this one for me, it's tough. Um, first of all, I don't even like either one of the teams. So <laughs> that's, that's my hard. issue too. You know, that's hard for me to be like, oh, I want one of them to win. I don't want either one. I, they could both tie and both get kicked out of the playoffs for all I care if that was a rule. Uh, you got Dallas going to San Fran, playing against a good defense. You've also got Brock Purdy, and you're kind of wondering how much, how good is he really? You know, can he continue to do this? Um, but I'm going to go with the Cowboys still in that game. All right, picking Prescott and the Cowboys. I'm on the fence in this game, and I'm going to take San Francisco just because you took Dallas. Just so we got okay. a game that's that's different this week. I, I I'm really I'm I'm struggling with this one, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take San Francisco because, as you say, uh, defense wins championships and defense wins big games. And this defense might be the best defense you know that Dak Prescott's seen in a while. So we'll we'll see if you know certainly better than what he saw last week against Tampa Bay. So we'll see how he performs. All right, so uh, you got Dallas. I got San Francisco. We both got Buffalo. We both got Philadelphia, and we both got Kansas City. Okay, guaranteed, uh, guaranteed win game for you from this for this weekend. My guaranteed win has to be Chiefs and Jags. I don't see Mahomes and those boys in Kansas City letting the Jags walk away with another uh, upset. Upset special will be what game? 
that's where I'm going. I want to get back on this Giants Eagles train. Uh, Cause I'm not even sure if the Cowboys beat the Niners. I'm not sure you can really call that an upset. I know. I think the Niners are favored by a field goal, um, but that's an evenly matched game. I think the biggest surprise would be this Giants Eagles game. If Saquon Barkley can get going and Daniel Jones is doing his thing like they did last week. Um, now I think they're playing a better team this week, but I think the most likely upset would have to be Giants and Eagles as long as we're not counting the Cowboys as an upset. All right. Must see TV. Oh, man, how do you choose must-see TV here? Um, <laughs> must-see TV, it's got to be one of these Sunday games. Um, I'll go with the Cowboys-Niners because I'm more interested to see how the Cowboys offense plays against the Niners defense. Um, also, I want to watch that because, like you said, the Niners are on a 10-game win streak. Uh, 11, I think, including last week, yeah. Okay, so 11 now, and... The team that goes into the playoffs the hottest, I believe, has the best chance of winning the championship. Um, you look at us when we won our Great Cup in 2015, same type of scenario, right? Getting to the playoffs, going on a hot streak, everybody's playing confident. It's hard to beat teams like that. Um, I'm gonna, I, I can't wait to watch that game on a Sunday evening. My thanks to Aaron Grimes and Elks President and CEO Victor Cui. Enjoy the games this weekend, everybody. We'll talk more in seven days on the Elks this week on 630 Chet. C-H-E-D, part of the DNA of Edmonton. The mighty 630 Chad, Edmonton's News. Today's talk. A chorus entertainment radio station.